0: All right, good singing, everyone. As we uh, join together on this special Go Week, I want to welcome you. I'm Pastor Nate Keeler. I'm the lead pastor here. And um, I want to say a word of prayer for us as we begin. You can turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy, I enlightened um, one of our pastors, Pastor Matthew, recently. with uh, that To find 2 Timothy, you just go to the five T's of the scriptures of the New Testament, the five T's. All right, first and second Thessalonians, first and second Timothy, Titus. Some of you didn't know about the five T's, now you do. Second Timothy, all the way toward the end of your Bible, you can find that. I want to pray for us as we begin. Father, we want to pray that as we seek revival, personal revival for ourselves, but also for you to come and breathe fresh wind, fresh fire into our community, into lives that need you, that are far from you, far from your love and reconciliation and truth and grace and mercy. We ask that you would do that and you would use us at such a time as this in our community. So we submit ourselves to you this morning and this evening as we gather for a a time of prayer with other churches and throughout this week as we serve. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to do something a little different here, okay? Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Some of you are like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Everybody stand up. This is easy, okay? We're going to, I'm going to take you old, old school. We're going back to Sunday school, 1985, and we are going to sing This Little Light of Mine. You, some of you know This Little Light of Mine? Some of you know this? All right, we're going to teach it to you. It's really, really easy, okay? This Little Light of Mine. We're just going to sing the chorus. You guys ready? Who's with me? You guys ready? All right. So, it goes like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, shine, let it shine, let it shine. Good job. Give yourselves a hand. All right. Now, here's what I want you to do. This group, sit down, okay, sit down and don't sing, okay? Here we go. The rest of us. Here we go. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Still pretty good. Okay. Now, you can clap for that. That's cool. Uh, You guys, sit down. This section, this section. Sit down. Don't sing. Okay, guys ready? We're going to sing again. Here we go. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. All right, good job. Everybody sit down except this section right up here, okay? Everybody else sit down except this little section right here. Don't sing. Nobody else sing. Okay, I want to hear you guys. Here we go. I'm not even gonna sing. Here we go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it for treasure though, guys. Alright, you guys can go ahead and sit down. All of you joining online, you probably didn't hear that. It was it was off key, but it was a joyful noise. Um, Great job. Okay, now here's the deal. So why did I do that? To share some statistics with you before we go into Go Week this week. The first group I had sit represents, and it's not you so much, but just you represent the, uh, uh, the, the fifth of people, about 20% of evangelical Christians, people that believe in the Bible, Bible-believing uh, uh, Christians, believe that they do not have a personal responsibility to share their faith with others and do not believe that they need to be praying for the spiritual status of other people. Now, the second group, and this group, the, the second group, uh, represents, in fact, maybe a better way of saying it, the group that was still standing represents the 39% of people who have actually shared their faith at least once in the last six months. And then this final group, this small little remnant up here, represents about the 15% of people who actually shared the gospel message and invited someone to believe. It is a very small number. Those numbers have been shrinking decade after decade. We're currently living in the least evangelized time in America that we've had probably since its founding. Now, for those that are with us, and maybe you say, you know, I don't know about all this sharing your faith stuff. Maybe you're not even a Christian. This is sort of a weird Sunday for you to be at, let me just tell you. But we want, we're glad that you're here visiting with us. But for those that are kind of skeptical about whether or not we're supposed to share our faith, let me just be really clear. We believe here at Brandywine Valley Church that every single Christian is a Great Commission Christian. Every single Christian is an ambassador called to be an ambassador of Christ. Every single Christian is called to shine their little lights as the song goes and to demonstrate the gospel of Jesus through loving deeds, showing his mercy and forgiveness and grace and reconciliation, and to declare the gospel through truthful words. That is the message of salvation through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sin, not by our own merit. Every single Christian is given that to go out into the world, out into their community. And by far, the biggest deterrent to living this missional engagement of demonstration and declaring the gospel, the number one deterrent is fear. It's fear, by and large, overwhelming statistics. It's fear, it's fear of being rejected, it's fear of being made fun of or offending someone. It's fear of looking like a fool, looking stupid, I'm convinced, though, I'm convinced that if we want to see lives changed, if we want to see people in our neighborhood, our community, come to know Jesus, if we want to see our nation changed, we're going to have to get over our fear of looking foolish. We're going to have to. We're going to have to get over our fear of looking stupid. Now, that shouldn't be hard for some of you out there. And not because I think you look stupid. Not because I think you look stupid or are stupid or foolish. Not at all. But because for some of us, we already look foolish in this world in which we live. If you're living the Christian life, you, in many ways, already look foolish. It looks foolish to give your money away. It looks foolish to forgive when the world would, say, take revenge. It looks foolish... To do what Bob Watson, a member of our church, is doing this week at Go Week, he's taking off, he's taking vacation days this entire week to serve the homeless community at Sunday Breakfast Mission, as he does each year, by the way. That looks, to waste vacation days to serve the homeless, that looks foolish in the eyes of the world. Some of you are going to be in parks this week picking up garbage and you are going to run into a coworker or a neighbor, and they're having fun, they're walking their dog, and they're playing with their kids, and they're going to look at you, and they're going to be like, is this like a, some kind of work release program? <laughs> are, is this like a punishment of some kind? And you're going to say, no, I, you know what? I'm just serving with my church because we love Jesus, and you might look foolish. It's really interesting that God isn't more concerned about our social status, is he? So if we are going to see God do something miraculous, if he's going to change us and change our community, not only during Go Week, but throughout our lives, we have to overcome this fear. And what scripture, we, the scripture we want to look at this morning has the power to unlock a fear killer in our lives. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, the apostle Paul is writing this letter to the young man in need of some Courage. See, Pastor Timothy was called to take up the daunting task of pastoring a church and doing the work of an evangelist to shine his light into the city of Ephesus. Ephesus was a pagan Roman city. There was very few Christians. This was the only church, and this was a place where sharing your faith was going to cost you something. You were going to risk not only your reputation looking like a fool, but you might even risk your very life sharing the gospel in a city like this. This would be the kind of place where even people like Billy Graham might fear to tread. And let me tell you, Timothy was no Billy Graham. Timothy was no Paul. Timothy was very average. Timothy was very ordinary. Timothy, like you and I, struggled with fear. Timothy struggled with what people thought of him struggled with anxiety, and he had to struggle with inadequacy. Imagine taking over this church from the apostle Paul. Imagine being the next guy who gets up to preach a message or the next guy who shares the gospel after following Paul. You know, the one who, like, wrote the book of Romans, the one who's the greatest evangelist probably that the world has ever seen. Talk about inadequacy. And so Paul is writing him this letter as one giant pep talk. And he's also writing to you and I today because you and I are probably a lot more like Timothy than we are Paul, most of us at least. And so he's writing to us who live in a time and place that's much like Ephesus where you're going to risk something to share the gospel and to live this way. And in his opening words to Timothy and to us, he gives us the antidote, so to speak, to fear. And he says that while we're not super Christians, we certainly do have a superpower. Check this out. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. We are not super Christians, Paul says, but we do have a superpower. What is that superpower? It is the living God, the Holy Spirit in us. This is our superpower. And it is the same Holy Spirit that was given to Timothy is given to every one of us. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us in verse 13, And you also were included with Christ when you heard the gospel message of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised what? Holy Spirit. You and I, if you know the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit, the God in you, giving you power and love and self-discipline. These are the antidotes. These are the The fear killers that God has given us. Not a spirit of fear, but one of, first of all, power. Of power. Now, what is power? Well, let me first say what it's not. Paul is not talking about the power of personality. He's not talking about the power of persuasive speech. He's not talking about the power of human boldness or shooting lightning bolts out of your fingertips. He's talking about a whole different kind of power. This isn't the kind of power like you might see on YouTube of people that, uh, you know, go and crush someone in a persuasive speech. You know, this person just crushed that guy, this snowflake at this college debate. This is not the kind of power he's talking about. He's talking about a very different kind of power that we see in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. St. Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, ordinary cups, he says, a treasure in an ordinary cup so that the glorious power, there's our word, might be seen to be from God and not from us. See, it's a power, friends, that makes us competent when we feel incompetent, adequate when we feel inadequate. Not because of us, but because of him. Like St. Augustine once said of making a gospel impact, this way is first humility, Second, humility. And third, humility. However, often you should ask me, I would say the same. If humility does not precede and accompany and follow every good work we do, if it is not set before us to look upon, beside us to lean upon, behind us to fence us in, pride will wrest from our hand any good deed we do while we are in the very act of taking pleasure in it. Humble courage is the kind of power he's talking about. It's the kind of power that says, I know it's not of me, it is of him. And so when we go with the spirit this week, we're going with humble courage to openly share the gospel. We're going with a desire to be like one great preacher once said, being one poor beggar telling another poor beggar where to find bread. This kind of humble courage, we are given power as an antidote over fear. Secondly, we're given love as an antidote over fear. I believe Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit infuses our hearts with a love of God and a love for people. A love of God and a love for people. Any love of God that you have in you is from the Holy Spirit who replaced a cold heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh. And any love that you have for people to whatever degree on your best days (laughs) is because the Holy Spirit has replaced your self-centeredness and replaced that with a compassion for other people. It's from the Holy Spirit. And what has always been true is that we share what we love. We share what we love. I remember when I saw Top Gun Maverick, I wanted to tell every single person, you must see Top Gun Maverick. This movie's incredible, why did I do that? Because we share what we love. Some of you, I talk to you, I could be talking about any, I could be talking about the Eagles, and somehow you will bring it around to talk about your kids and your grandkids. Why? Because you share what you love. If we love God, if we love people, we want to share with them that which we love. We want to introduce them to the one in whom we love. And this is what the Holy Spirit does in us. Motivates us to share the message with the community around us, not for selfish gain, not for selfish motives, motivated by love. You know, if you share the gospel, if you demonstrate that to the world around you, even if they disagree with our message, they will see the genuineness of your love, and that will make an impact on them. People can see it. People notice. So the Spirit gives us humble courage. The Spirit gives us the ability to share the love of Jesus with other others with pure motives. And then here's a trifecta, the third one, he gives us self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is the thing that gets us over the hump. You know what I'm talking about? You know that moment when you are on the fence, you're ready to open your mouth, and then you I don't know, I don't know if I want to share. You get that pit in your stomach you're not sure how to make that transition, maybe you flake out or you're afraid. In that moment, the Holy Spirit gives us the self-discipline, the willpower, we might say, the, the grit, the determination to get across that line and open up our mouth and speak words of love and truth. And we are not going to get very far in our community if we do not have self-discipline because the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as the saying goes. It's not enough to just feel like, yeah, I want to share my faith. It's doing it. You know, the enemy doesn't mind conviction. He doesn't mind when we're convicted in our heart about not sharing. He says, oh, I mean, I kind of feel bad. I probably should do that. The enemy's great with that. What he really gets upset with is when we actually do it. And so, friends, it's the self-discipline that comes from the Lord. I just want to close this section with saying this, that the Holy Spirit wants to do something through every single one of us who know him this week. He wants to do something beyond you. He wants to do something, and if you are willing to allow the Spirit, if you go with the Spirit... He is going to surprise you this week in ways that you can't even imagine. Are you open to what the Spirit might want to do in and through you? I am so thankful that Pastor Bob, back when I was 18, wasn't afraid and didn't allow fear to stop him from going up to a young punk like me and sharing the gospel with me. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for people like Steve Anderson, who didn't allow the fear of going into Delaware prisons to stop him from sharing the gospel. Which allowed a young broken man named Chip Santa Barbara to come to Christ and have his life transformed. I'm so thankful that God has empowered you by the Spirit, some of you here, to invite people to Alpha and who are now beginning to know the Savior in which we say we follow. I'm so thankful. It's the Holy Spirit who's doing it in and through you. And so remember those statistics we started with? Remember the singers uh, up there in the balcony, those only 15% who are actually sharing the gospel? The good news is this week we have an opportunity to dramatically shift these stats at Brandywine Valley Church. Those that don't pray and don't often pray at all for people to come to know the Lord, you have the opportunity to do that tonight at our prayer meeting, our prayer gathering. We're going to be gathering together with several other churches at City Church. You can scan that or go to the website to find the the location. Come a little early, uh, fellowship with other people. We're going to pray and worship the Lord together for about an hour. Uh, We'll be able to pray and intercede for those in our community together. Pray together. We hope you come out for that. And then this whole Goal Week, we're going to challenge you to personally share the gospel, start gospel, spiritual conversations with others, and serve with community partners. And you're going to hear from Pastor Terry in just a moment with that. Before we do, we have a five-minute video. It's just a short video because we want to show you some ordinary people that are a part of our church. Because you might say, well, Nate, you're not an ordinary person because you're a pastor. You get up there. Ask my family, very ordinary But either way, I want you to meet some people that are ordinary people like Timothy, struggle with ordinary fears, but know that they have an extraordinary God. Check this out.
1: My friend Marilyn Button called me and asked me if she could come over for a visit on Sunday and that she was going to have two of the Fulbright scholars at Lincoln University with her. And I was so happy about that because I knew the two who were coming. One was from Morocco and the other was from France. And I had been having interactions with them throughout the year. In the course of that, we wanted to have an opportunity to share the gospel with them, but it didn't happen. And so when she called me and said, I'm coming, And we knew that this was going to be my last time with them because they're leaving the country. And uh, so when they were getting ready to leave, I had a package ready for them. And in that package was a very nice little booklet that we use here. And I had that for them. But the best part of it was I had a bracelet in there. And the bracelet has on it some symbols, and the symbols are heart, and a division sign, and a plus sign, and a question mark. Here it is, so you can can see what I was going to use. And this allows me to share the four main parts of the gospel about God's love, and our separation from Him, and the solution of Christ on the cross, and then give them an opportunity. You know, what is your response going to be? Well, it wasn't enough time to get their response, but it was in their hands. And so that first part of our prayer was that opportunity. And the first part was answered.
2: So I went to go preach in Gander Hill prison, as I do monthly, and I met a man named Vinny. He was being divorced from his wife, and because of uh, an abortion that she was getting, they were getting divorced, he was very angry, went out drinking, and that's how he ended up in prison. Well, uh, he got out of Gander Hill, and then he went to the Plumber Center work release, and when he was there, I ministered to him there, and when he got out, he was just on fire for Jesus, and he hasn't missed any of our groups since. Well, he thought his child was, was dead and aborted, but come to find out, there's a Christian couple that was going to adopt his child, and they ended up calling him. And come to find out, his child was actually alive, and she never had the abortion. And now uh, because of this Christian couple that called him, he now is gonna be able to have his daughter through a series of just unbelievable events. And this just increased his faith dramatically, but he's on fire for Jesus, and it all started with a sermon in the prison.
1: The next part is they're going to be invited to go on their own devices, on their own iPhones, and there's an app there called God Tools. It's a lot of marvelous gospel presentations, but there's one there that they themselves will be able to use, and we will talk through it and step by step, step again. And so I'm so looking forward to that time where not only will I be able to converse with them, but will be able to hear what God is saying in their hearts and what their response is going to be. So yesterday was a marvelous time of seeing God answer, a prayer that we've been praying all year long for those students.
2: There are opportunities, either spontaneously or organizationally, to go out and make a difference and tell people about Jesus. My advice is though sometimes you need to be patient. People wanna know
0: who you are. Once you establish credibility, once they respect you, then when you tell them about Jesus, it carries more weight. So I would say, if you're gonna tell people about Jesus, sometimes you need to just take, take your time
2: and it'll come, just look for it.
3: For those of you who are looking to see God work outside the church walls, um, I would give you the advice to pray, to pray and then pray more. And then jump in and go where God
1: is and 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 serve where you can serve. God has a ministry for you, but are you are you searching for it?
3: Yes. <laughs> Man. You know, one of the things I love about our church is that we can really start to enter each other's stories and and hear these amazing things. And that's why we wanted to capture that for you. Uh, My name's Terry. I came to this church about a year ago with my family, really just to see (laughs) if this church would go outside the walls to share Jesus. And I've already, since I've been here, I've seen just so many ways that that's already in motion. And we wanna be a church on the move, reaching our community. Go Week is sort of that catalytic, let's all do this together, let's work on this muscle to see if we're actually gonna do this. And so I wanna give you a personal challenge as we close here. The first one is that I want you to go personally to your neighbor. Someone in your um, neighborhood or at your work, there's a slide here that just gives you this reminder, go personally to your neighbor. Uh, think about someone now, begin praying. Who in your life that you know pretty well, who is someone specifically that could use God in their life? And then go to that person and, and through the message that we just heard and in, in the power of the Holy Spirit with God's love working and flowing through you, you use that self-discipline, that courage um, to potentially look foolish to them, but bring up that name of Jesus. We have this card that uh, we wanna send with you today. It's an on-the-move card, and it's just something that you can look at as we go. Um, There's a word for each of the words that come out of scripture today, power, love, and self-discipline. And if you have God in your life, you have the Holy Spirit. If you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, Uh, You don't go in this power to kind of Lord over someone, you go humbly in the amazing power of the Holy Spirit that's gonna flow through you and it's gonna introduce someone to Jesus. There's a, under the phrase power there, it's like before you talk to your neighbors about God, talk to God about your neighbors. Do you, you, you might have six people, six neighbors that live around you. Do you know all their names? If you don't know all your neighbors names maybe this week that's your task i'm going to learn all my neighbors names and i'm going to start praying for them uh, go week the first iteration of go week for me this year was we were all going to make an egg casserole and take it to our neighbor and put like a little invitation card in there and then i remembered i don't eat eggs <laughs> so you would have had to make a tofu scramble for me <laughs> unfortunately But that that egg casserole was kind of like a picture of if we all made an egg casserole this week, we would send out more egg casseroles into our community than on any given year, right? And so that's what Go Week is. It's this moment that each one of us is gonna do something personal that maybe we wouldn't have done this week. And I don't wanna tell you to make an egg casserole. I want you to seek the Lord and take an intentional step in power. The next word is love. And there's a phrase on the card that says, one of the most concrete ways to love someone is to listen to them. And there's a host of like these conversational starter questions like, what were your highs and lows this week or this month? And there's six or seven questions you can use with a coworker, a friend or a neighbor. And so, Love someone by listening to their story this week. And then lastly, go and self-discipline. Um, out in the lobby, we have these uh, packets that, that help you share the gospel through the three circles. I've used that three times in the last three months with someone different. And each time I went through that, uh, I was able to articulate the gospel more clearly. There's a phrase on the card that the, the gospel does not need to be dressed up to make it cool, it needs to be broken down so that we can make it clear. God's design, the brokenness that we all experience and the path through Jesus to be restored into his, the image of God that we all carry, that is the gospel. And we only enter back into God's perfect design for us through the life, sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's through those three circles, God's design, brokenness, in the gospel. So I wanna encourage you as you go out this week um, to take that bold step of faith. We're also gonna go collectively as a church. Uh, I, we shifted Go Week from a Go Sunday to a Go Week so we could be out in the community at times when people are out and about. Last, sun, uh, last year, we did Go Sunday. We, our whole church kinda of mobilized during the church hours. Number one, we heard, eh, I don't, don't mess with uh, our worship Sunday morning. So, okay, we are not messing with your worship on Sunday morning. But the second thing we heard is we were out, you know, at the Sunday breakfast mission or we were out at a park and it wasn't the best time of the day. Like it's not when the community was out there. So we, we listened and now we spread go week out to a full week. There's things every day. Um, here's a little brief, very short two-minute kind of registration walkthrough. Um, We'll just walk through this. If you go to our website, you can click under events in the top right. And then you'll see three events coming up. Click on Go Week, event details. You can just read over this page. It has all the details for Go Week. And then uh, probably the best way to kind of um, understand what's happening is to, after you review the schedule, is to click that red button, which is download the Go Week schedule. And then you can read over the fact sheet, which describes every project that we're doing in detail. You know, can kids come with you? What exactly are we doing? When are we doing it? Who are we working with? We're gonna be all throughout the city every day um, this week. And then as you scroll through that, you know, that'll take some time to read, but then you'll be able to decide where do I wanna plug in with my community? When you get to the bottom of that packet, it, it tells you day by day what we're doing. So Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, where we're headed. And then it all kind of culminates on Saturday, which is when most of our community projects are happening Saturday morning. So you read through this packet and then you go back to the website. You click the blue button to register for Go Week. I'm trying to make this easy for you guys. (laughs) You fill it out. If you need my cell phone number, there it is. You click Next. And then you scroll through and you click the actual uh, places that you want to serve. Now, as you do this, I would just ask that you do this at some point today, because tomorrow we're going to email all the group leaders of the respective projects. Um, So we're going to Sunday Breakfast Mission, Urban Promise, Foster Well, Friendship House, Ronald McDonald House. We are going into four city parks on Saturday just to make connections in our community. Uh, one of the cool projects we're doing is at Brandywine Park. There's going to be a, a community run and we're going to have people just connecting, picking up trash, handing out invite cards um, at a place where there's going to be, you know, maybe hundreds, maybe even a thousand people. So it's a, it's a great week. We're also going to have some things in house for those who otherwise couldn't go. Um, it's all on the packet there. There's packets in the lobby, which you can grab on the way out. Um, but you might be thinking. This is a busy week for me or man, I have so many problems in my life. I kind of need to focus on that and just think about that for a second. I was here in a small group um, described yesterday and and the person said, man, in our group, we have problems. We have capital P problems like everyone is struggling in large ways. And I don't know about you, but think about your weeks. We all have busy weeks, right? When have you not had a busy week in your life? So busyness and brokenness, if we let those two ideas keep us from speaking about Jesus, we'll never speak about Jesus. So this week in your personal life, as you're going, as you're going to work, bring up the name of Jesus. That's what we're equipping you to do. Um, I'm gonna invite the band back up now. We're gonna close um, just by singing that chorus again, the sending. We want to send you out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as they're coming, one of the cool things that we have this year is you can see it on my wrist. We have an on the move bracelet and it says on the move on one side and on the other side, it says power, love and self discipline. So we have um, a bracelet for everyone. You can take a bracelet. They'll be right in the lobby on the way out. Grab one of these bracelets and wear it around this week. Um, there's three different sizes. We were, we were thinking about you. <laughs> we're really thinking about you this week that we want you to just every moment um, be living in that power and the love and the self, self-discipline that comes from the Lord. But we're gonna stand and sing uh, this chorus as we go out called The Sending. And then we'll after this chorus, we'll have a, a special prayer.